and welcome to the Part-Time Wife Hello, podcast. I'm Nicole. Welcome to the Part-Time Wife podcast. Welcome to the Part-Time Wife podcast. I'm Nicole, your host. Thank you for having me. Cheers. 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 Welcome to the podcast. Cheers. day. Hey, everyone. So on today's episode, I have someone that... I don't think words could express how amazing this person is. Um, her views on life and her faith is something that I think a lot of people need right now. Um, I know I did. I was very much on the struggle bus um, with a s- severe hangover um, <laughs> that day, but she pretty much powered through. She threw some stuff back at me to get me more engaged, and I love her for it. Um So this episode did end up being a two-parter, even though I was dying, just because I love hearing her story and how she, you know, pretty much had to completely change her life to get herself to where she is today um, in the sense of finances and just the way that she talks about, you know, manifesting and her faith and praying to God and God answering her her prayers. and like helping her to decide what her next route is. It's just such a magical thing to listen to um, and definitely be in front of. I just love how enthusiastic she is um, because I feel like we don't have enough of that in this world. Um, And she's very positive, um, but understands that there's definitely some negative things and you know, you're gonna have a bad day, but she tries to find the positive in it. And it's something that I'm definitely working on. definitely on the struggle bus with that one um so please welcome sarah for part one you do so how are you doing today i am glorious today has been a fabulous day yeah you guys started it with a morning beach walk for like the sunrise yeah so romantic (laughs) i know and i was texting a girlfriend of mine and um just telling her that i was there and she called it because I, I told her I said it just is really good for my heart and soul. I haven't driven out to Treasure Island. Um, it's been since September. Mm-hmm. I actually remember the day exactly, September twenty fifth, um, because it was the same day I split up with the guy that I was seeing mm-hmm. at the time, and I had found out that my grandmother, who was in the hospital, had kind of given up, and she ended up passing away two days later. Oh no! So. Um, I got, like, super emotional on the drive over because the last time yeah. I drove over in the dark, I had gone for a sunrise walk. And um, so, but I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, man, it was so good for my heart and soul just to come out and yeah. hear the waves and feet in the sand, despite being super cold. Um, and she called it. She's like, oh, I think you need a, I told her I want to do this once a month. And she's like, uh, you need a soul rise every month. And I was like, soul rise. I love that. Oh my gosh, I love that so, so now it's much. So in my calendar, when we go next month, it, I, it's it's labeled Soul Rise. Just, oh, doesn't it just feel so good? It does. That Just hearing it, I'm like, I want to go for that. I want a Soul Rise. I want a Soul Rise. This sounds magical. It was, it was great. There's just something about being at the beach. I think there's something about being at the beach when it's not like super touristy packed. Being yeah. Floridian and growing up around the beaches, you know, people are always all around crazy go yes but there's something um serene about Mm -hmm. having a moment in the stillness of just the 
beauty of the nature, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. candy skies, like sunrise and sunset are gorgeous. Yes. But I think that there's something better about a sunrise rather than I a like sunset a sunrise. because the world is still so quiet and people are sleeping and it feels like you're you're getting um, a glimpse of a, like a secret that not everybody yeah. gets to see or yes. experience. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm such a nerd about stuff like that. Oh no, I love that. I love it's it. so. And I just love the way that you describe things. Also, I'm like, I was like, this is so uplifting. I really needed this. I'm very hungover right now. <laughs> like three minutes. I know. I was like, I needed it. We're good. This is all I needed. I can move on with I'm my day. I love it so much. Um, so you've known my sister since middle school, which I thought it was high school. No. So even longer. So it would have been 90. No. Yeah. 96, 97. Holy crap. I'm like, what year are we in now? 2022. (laughs) It's such a blur. Oh, hi baby. So what is that? 96. So 10. Listen, I'm not good with math. Holy cow, 27 years. 27 years? Holy moly. That is amazing. This. Well, 24, 20, well, 25. Like, middle school, we're about 11, 12. Yeah. Because um, we went to 6th, 7th, and 8th grade together. That's so crazy. I have, I don't know anyone. Like, I'm not friends with someone that I've known that long. Next to the girl who grew up living next door to me, who we're kind of more acquaintances now. Yeah. Um, but we go to the same church. We see each other often. Um, but next to her and then our friend Amber. Yeah. Trina is the longest. She's the longest and closest friend that I have. I love that so much. Years. That's such a, like, solid friendship, too. And, I mean, obviously, you guys have ebbed and flowed i mean you moved you didn't live here and stuff for a little bit of time oh, yeah and we went through a period of just not talking because of life's situations you know, oh yeah relationships and same it's, it's so hard to keep in contact but i think that the value of a quality relationship is not judged by the amount of time that mm-hmm. you communicate or spend it's about the quality i mean it's 100 percent quality over quantity 100 percent um but the cool thing about trainers in my friendship is that like we went to a place where we weren't talking and we weren't friends. Um, mm-hmm. But I tried to kind of always be like, well, I'm here, you know, if you ever need it. And when you're ready, one day she called and we made plans for brunch. And it was like nothing, like no time had passed. Those and are those the, the best. best friendships. I have a friendship like that. She's actually coming on the podcast tomorrow, Becky. And I've known her probably the longest out of like my friend groups besides um, obviously my sister known her forever um (laughs) my whole life um and like we don't see each other that often but like when we do it's just like yeah no time passed like we still communicate and stuff on and off but like there's no pressure in it where it's like you have to check in you have to like and I don't want friendships like that I think it's really hard because it's not realistic to mm-hmm. have those relationships. I think you go through seasons. Like, yeah. Um, you know, currently um, Katrina and I are in a season where we probably text and talk just about every day just mm-hmm. because of a lot of what's going on in our lives. But there are other friends and there have been other times when we would go weeks or months without checking in and it was totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's unrealistic to expect there to be for it to be a quality friendship for you to need that constant checking in all the time I think yeah I, I fully believe that pe- if I have a life and things are crazy and chaotic in my life I can only imagine what other people are and 
I don't even have a lot going on. Like, I'm not married. I don't have children. Mm-hmm. I don't even have dogs at this point. And it's like... You're trying. I, well, yes. I'm I'm certainly trying to have puppies again. Well, that sounds really <laughs> And the way you said it, you're like, I am going to birth some puppies. <laughs> No, I don't want to birth any puppies. No, no. Um, I want to rescue a puppy. Uh, but um, so if those are, if I can give grace for people who have 10 times yes. more going on in life, I would hope that people would give me grace. A hundred percent. perfect. I can't. Some days a day goes by and I haven't called or texted anybody because yeah. I just survived. Yeah. You're like, I made it through. Like, get trophy, please. I made it through <laughs> the day. And I have days like that too where like we have a lot of group chats and stuff and I'm like, I... I'm just going to sit here and like things and not respond because, like, I'm here. Sometimes I have to put my phone in Do Not Disturb and just oh, yeah. put it away because I can't, I can't handle the constant, like, notifications because oh. I can't stand the notifications on my phone. I'm a no the bubble. bubbles? I'm a no bubble Can't person. do it. I can't do it either. I don't like bubbles. It annoys me when I can't make a go away. Yeah, you're like, what do I have to do? What do you need me to do? Do I need to delete the app again? <laughs> Like, cause I'll delete it. I'll delete it to get yes, rid of it. Yes. And I yes. have, I have removed apps cause I don't know how to get rid of this bubble. 100%. The, so one of my credit card apps discover every time it's like bubble and I'm like, okay. And so I go in and then I go out. I'm like, I, I checked my notifications. Why are you still on? So I have to like go into the notifications, go out, go back into the notifications to get the bubble to go away. And I was like, this That's seems like discover. This is a flaw in your design of your app. 100%. <laughs> It, I, I was like, too much work. I hate you so much. But I do have two of my big group chats. I put, they're on Do Not Disturb Themselves. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I can't. But then I'll go in and I'm like, 108 messages. <laughs> That's I was like, I, I literally. That's the hard part, because then you feel like you've missed out. Oh, yeah. Like, but I need to respond to this thing that was Oh, no. I just go back and I'm like, okay, I'll like that one. I'll reply to, and I do like the feature now that you can reply to a specific message. Yes, it's so life-giving. In, instead of like sitting there and being like, yes, so your message you sent 17 hours ago, I agree. <laughs> I could just be like, let me reply to that yes. and let me, let's, let's move forward. I love that feature. But at the same time, I'm like, sometimes you just need to know. Yeah. Because like I, if. My family is that way. Oh, well. <laughs> Well, like, like the family group chat or whatever. Oh, and yeah. I was living in Austin, oh. and I was an hour earlier than everybody. Oh. I was like, guys, I am asleep. Like, do not be blowing up my no. phone at 7 a.m. your time at 6 a.m. I mean, I try to sleep in on the weekends. It really doesn't happen. No, but no. I'm like, I cannot be on this. Or late at night, because I'm a grandma, and I go to bed super early. Same. And um, I'm like, guys. So my phone automatically goes into Do Not Disturb from, like, 8 p.m. till 6 a.m. Mine in general. Oh, yeah. No, mine starts at 9 and doesn't. I don't think it comes back on until my alarm goes off, which goes off at 530. But then my Alexa goes off at um, <laughs> 6. Are and, you one of those multiple alarm people? Yes. Well, I can't handle the you people. <laughs> well, no, 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 not like that. Like my original one, I have only one on my phone, but then she will turn my lights on oh. and say good morning and start playing music. Yeah, yeah, it gets aggressive. Like, rip the covers off, kind of. Uh huh. Yeah, because like, I need know, it. Dylan loves it when he's home. Oh, I bet. He's just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> when it first happened, he was just like, why is she yelling at us? Why are the lights so bright? And I was like, I- I'm trying to get up, but me, mm-hmm. lights on, don't care. I'm like, I literally am like, I say her name and I'm like, stop. And then I'm like, right back to sleep. And then I'll wake up eventually. Because I, I mean, I do. I have the luxury of being able to kind of go into work whenever I want. Uh-huh. 
and it's a two minute drive. Yeah. So it's like I can get ready pretty quickly and get there before seven thirty if I wake up at seven. Yeah. Because I shower at night because I prefer a night shower. Yeah. I'm going to be at work before 7 a.m. <sighs> but I also, like, I, and I get up at 4, which yeah. people look at me like I'm a crazy person when I say that I get up at 4. Oh, Trina told me, she's like, yeah, she gets up at 4, 4.30. She goes on, I was like, I'm sorry, who, what, what is she doing? But it's a whole thing, and it's kind of happened gradually over the last probably four or five years. Mm-hmm. I've kind of, like, jumped into this self-care, personal development. I've become this total geek. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what started as like, okay, you know, a few minutes early. I, well, let me back up. I've always been a morning gym workout person. Yeah. So I used to be one of those weirdos that would be at the gym at 5 a.m. Because to get an hour workout in from 5 to 6 and then shower and change, I have to typically leave for work for like by 6.30, 6.45. Because as a teacher, an elementary school teacher, we have yes. to be there early. I have to be there before 7 a.m. Yeah. So 5 o'clock if I'm going to get anything done. Mm-hmm. So... What started as like, okay, 10, 15 minutes and then, you know, just to journal or gratitude and then slowly built into like gratitude and journaling and a devotion and reading. And now it's like, like an hour. And if I didn't have anything I to love do, that I can for sit you there though. for two to three hours. Yeah. But it really, again, it's, it fills my heart and soul. And if I don't do it in the morning, I can 100% tell the difference in my day. Yes. So because of you... Um, in, in a good way, <laughs> in a good, uh, that came out really wrong. I was like, in a good way. Um, Katrina, she had said like, well, she wakes up early in the morning and she reads and she journals. And I was like, I want, I want to do that. I want to start my day off. Right. And so we started getting up at like five forty-five, six, And like, we would sit on the couch and read for like 10, 30 minutes, whatever. And like, she would write in her journal and stuff. But like, when I started my day that way, amazing. I felt good the it's, whole day. It's like a mindset shift. Yeah. Because if you are, I mean, I'm just huge on gratitude and, and seeking joy and seeking the good things. I think we live in a world today that people are, the, the noise of negativity is very loud. So loud. And social media and the news and just people in general just default to the negative. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. Like, you yeah. know, the nickname is Sunshine Sarah. I'm all about yes. know, roses and rainbow glasses and all the fun stuff. I but love I that. I'm realistic. But the reason, the way I stay grounded and leaning into the positive is that I start my day with gratitude and start my day reflecting on the good that happened before. Because I think if we, if we seek out good, mm-hmm. we train our brain to look for good, mm-hmm. it's going to come along a whole lot easier than training and just dwelling in the negative. Agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. And it's hard to get out of that place sometimes too, when you're deep and negative, but negative negativity. Um, And I think with everything that, you know, Katrina has gone through and stuff and with talking with you and stuff, it's definitely helped me to kind of try to shift my mindset. I think we help each other Mm -hmm. to be like, let's think of the positive in this whole big picture of like all the stuff that you think is bad like your day is not bad you had a bad moment yeah and like I see myself like checking myself on like you're fine we got this everything is good your eyes open today you are breathing. yes you are you're like hey you, you get to wake breathing. up and go to this job like you're yeah, welcome you're doing great. great yes well and it's like you said you know it's you had it's you're not a bad it's not a bad day you had a bad moment it's like that's all good I tell my students right? yeah like I work with little kids who make difficult decisions and temper tantrums and yeah. all kinds of crazy. And um, 
I tell these kids all the time, they're like, oh, so-and-so, bad boy. And I'm like, no, not a bad boy, bad choice. Yeah. You know, sad choice. Yeah. This was not a good thing. Let's fix this. But that doesn't mean that he's a bad boy or a bad friend. Like, no, not at all. I love that. And I think shifting your language is is key and the more that you do it the more natural it becomes yes i totally right? agree so i've been in this practice for four to five years so like a damn the other day she's like oh my gosh you totally have your shit together and i was like yeah no i do not have my life together i do not have everything together yeah but i but it seems like it because i lean into more together than not whereas yes. had you talked to me six years ago I would have leaned more into this, my life is in crumbles, rather mm-hmm. than being able to seek joy or gratitude in anything. Yeah, I totally, yes. Which, it's definitely something that I'm trying to work on as well. But again, you know, you've been doing it for a very long time. And I need to, like, be a little bit more mindful of it and, like, really put in the effort because it is important. And but does slow and steady wins the race. A hundred percent. Like, five, ten minutes, like, you know, when I was – explaining to um you know like anybody who asks me about my like my morning routine yeah i started out with um rachel hollis her she has a journal called the start today journal okay um and her podcast number 72 only because i know i looked it up yesterday oh to send to somebody she talks about her morning routine and it is basically five items of gratitude mm-hmm. 10 dreams or affirmations written in um verbiage as if it is happened so one of the things that I write down every day is um, I am debt free. I'm not currently, but I Ugh. lean into that yes. because that's important for me yeah. to be budget friendly whenever. So it's like I am debt free. I am disciplined. Mm-hmm. Um, I make God a priority. Um, I um, then there's things like oh I drive an SUV or yeah you know, yeah yeah. Like, it's a balance of things that I hope for myself, but also character things. I'm courageous and strong. Yes, I like that. that um, so it's five items of gratitude, 10 dreams or affirmations, and then one goal. And the goal is supposed to be one of those 10 dreams or affirmations that you're like honed in and targeted on. So for me right now, because I'm leaning into a tight budget, is that I'm debt free and I'm close to being debt free. Oh, that must um, feel so, so good. That it is, but it's like. Yes. Oh, yes. No, I understand. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a teacher budget, you know. You yes. Make a ton of money, but. Um, so it started there, and that podcast really kind of helped me wrap my brain around mm-hmm. that. And if you start small with the little habits, it doesn't seem so overwhelming. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, how do you sit there for an hour? Oh, hon, like I've gradually. Yeah, you're like, thing. you start with five minutes, and then you build up to that hour. Yeah, five years later, I'm at an hour plus. Yeah, which is amazing. So let's kind of go back a little bit. What made you the person you are today? Where would you grow up? <laughs> Who, I, where'd you go to school? Where'd you go? You know, all the details. Oh, boy. Um, so I grew up um, just outside of Tampa and Brandon. Um, and my parents actually still live in the same house they bought 35 years Trina ago. Trina told me that. I was like, no way. I love that, though. Um, and she was over there the other day. I'm like, yes, it's re- the kitchen is being remodeled like five times. You know, oh my like, doing all these things. Yeah. When I bought my house in May and did was redoing flooring, my mom's like, oh, I think I'm going to redo flooring. And I was like, oh, boy. You're like, here we go. <laughs> I love yeah, that. So I grew up in what's technically called Sethner. Um, oh, kind of a ghetto. I love Sethner. Um, and. Yeah, I have an older sister and a younger brother and a younger sister, mm-hmm. so I'm number two of four. So it's a fun. I didn't know there was four of you. Yeah, my, well, my older sister is eight years older. 
Oh, um, that's why. She was out of the house probably by the time yeah. you knew us. You knew me. <laughs> um, yes. But, but um, yeah, she graduated high school at like 16 um, and went off on a way to school. Um, she Damn. skipped multiple grades. Super intelligent. I think she had the highest um, like SAT score at Armwood when she graduated, and she was two years younger than most of the seniors. What? Oh, she's... She's fabulously like intelligent. What does she do? Uh, she's in real estate. Okay. Um, she, I think she went to school for like a finance degree and then never really used it. But I mean, she's like a broker in real estate. Yeah, that's so cool. Herself. Oh yeah, she. Um, they have investment properties and all kinds of. Oh, see, yeah, I like that. Um, so yeah, so she moved out pretty early on. So then I'm kind of like the oldest with my younger brother and my younger sister. Yeah. Billy and I are two. Three years apart. You're like, when was he born? uh, And then Katie (laughs) came along two years later, so there's five years between her and I. Okay. Um, But, I mean, my my dad worked all the time. My mom was kind of a stay-at-home mom. She'll tell you she's the chief um, operating officer of the house. You know, she ran our schedules, the calendars, all that jazz. She worked for a little bit, I think, when I was in high school. Joanne's. She was always crafty. She made all her clothes oh, and matching yeah. Easter dresses. And my brother always got, like, a matching bow tie. And, like, that is so cute. We were that family. I love that, though. Because my dad didn't make much money. And yeah. they had four kids to feed. So we grew up scraping pennies and same? on a budget. 100% same. The um, moment I could start working, I did. I was 12 when I started working. What? Doing what? The lady who lived behind us, uh, Robbie Van Norwick, was a she is still um, a pampered chef uh, lady. Oh, and so she would pay me to come over and get all of her like show packets ready, and um, so I would stamp things with her name. I would stuff everything, and she had this whole system. I would like restock and organize all of her stuff, and she paid me under the table um, cash. But that was how I earned money. And when I was sixteen, I bought my first car. Um, like with money from working. I was the only one of the four of us who bought a car at 16. Right, and I paid out the wazoo because it was like $2,500 and it like breaks rusted out on my way to school one day. It was like chaos. Oh my like, God. It was a money pit, but it was my independence. I had a car 100%. I kept working. I babysat. I was like a secretary in a real estate office mm-hmm. or a family friend. Um, but yeah, I've never known not working and I've never known not working multiple jobs. Yes, I feel like you still currently do multiple jobs, right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm a teacher full-time. I tutor on the side. I help um, Amber Beach Designs with weddings mm-hmm. um, and a couple of other wedding planners in the area. Um, and I did have a, I guess technically I still have um, a skincare business, but I have decided recently to close the door on that endeavor. Um, and in moments of reflecting and trying to determine what serves me best mm-hmm. in my life moving forward um that is something that was a total lifeline and saving grace about four or five years ago but um has not carried the same weight and um, gotcha so that makes I sense kind of feel like if i close this door you know the next right thing will will come about i'm not like a, a job hopper like i'm not a serial entrepreneurish yeah entrepreneurist how do you even say that don't look at me i don't know <laughs> Don't you look at me trying to ask me how to say words. I'm barely alive over here. <laughs> I am. You're doing great. I, thank you. Life. Thank you. I am just staring at you because I'm like, I can do this. We got this. <laughs> because I love your story and I love listening to you talk. And I'm like, okay. So 
I can I, I can make it through this. Much of a story, but um, <laughs> okay, okay, you do. Well, um, okay, so you're ending that business. Yes, I'm ending that business. Leaving um, the door open for something new potentially. Yeah, hopefully, that would be fun. Um, yeah. so high school. After high school, what did you do? I went to Flagler College in St. Augustine. Okay. Uh, went from Tampa area to the beach. Um, actually, I really, well, I wanted to, all my life, I wanted to go to Ohio State. I'm a, really? Yes, I'm a Buckeye baby. I am actually, uh, I was a baby born at the university hospital on campus. My dad got his PhD at Ohio State in Columbus. And um, I was born on my due date, by the way, prepped and punctual, uh, March 2nd. Not surprised by that <laughs> at all. Not even one bit. 2.04 in the morning. 2.04. Jesus. I know, it's weird. Um, so I always wanted to go to Ohio State because mm-hmm. I just wanted to be an alumni. I mean, I, I am very much a daddy's girl. I grew up bleeding scarlet and gray. When I lived in Austin, like... Saturday college game days, my dad and I would be like texting back and forth. Oh, I oh, like total thing. I love that. So I always wanted to go to Ohio State, but then when it came time for college, I realized that a large university would not serve me well. I talk way too much and I ask a lot of questions and I want to be in the know. And if I were going to go to a university, I did not want to get lost in lecture classes of three, four, five, six hundred kids. Yes. Um, so I had initially looked at Wake Forest. Um, was that? North Carolina. Okay. Because I love North Carolina. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's a small, it's a private university. And then at a college night at the high school, somebody said something about Flagler. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So we scheduled a tour, a college tour. And the college is five minutes, like literally over the bridge from the beach. And I was like, I can live at the beach. And it'd be the only school I applied to. I got an early decision. And I lived there for four and a half years. Oh my gosh, I love that. I never, I never wanted to go away for college, or like I didn't even know what I wanted to do at that time. So, did you know what you wanted to do? Oh, I've known since I was five. That you wanted to be a teacher? Yeah, since the day I met my kindergarten teacher, Dawn Blythe, at Sethner Elementary. And when I finally did get hired back in Tampa after I graduated, so um, I actually, but I actually went to college and I was not an education major. That's what I was. What was your major? I was a communication major for the first semester. Because I worked in the uh, after school program at in high school. Oh, uh, I remember that. And it was an exhausting, awful, horrible experience. Yes. And I was like, if I can't handle after school, how on earth am I going to handle these kids? Like, I thought all my life I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm my mom will tell you I was a mother hen out of the womb like just I'm just a caregiver I just yeah it's in my nature to like are you okay what can I get you what do you need yeah, yeah. like even today I'm like do you need some water you need some time yeah. and all like I'm here for this you're like what do, you, what do you need honey I was like this is your home let me help you and I'm like I'm fine let me just go throw up one more time I'll mom, be good Gower at your service um, I do love that about you though so I was like, yeah, no, I went into as a communications major, but it wasn't because I thought, oh, I like to talk. I could be a communicator, like, you know, maybe PR or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, no, 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 no. So within a semester, I was back in the education program and I, um, so I graduated with my uh, bachelor's in education mm-hmm. and um, I subbed for a while. I thought I was going to get a job up in St. Augustine. 
and then I came back to Brandon and ended up getting hired on the spot um, to teach kindergarten down in That's cool. Wamama in Wamama. South County. Okay. And um, yeah, that's where I started my teaching career back in 2008. 2000, yeah, 2008. I grad. Okay. I was going to be I started like, teaching in 2008. Yeah, I graduated high school in 2007. I can't believe you started teaching that I quickly. college in 2007. Okay. Well, you are four years. Yeah, you're four years older. That makes Um, sense. So, yeah. So, I've been teaching since then. I taught in Hillsborough County for four years. Kindergarten, first grade, kindergarten. And then I was actually a reading resource teacher. So, I'm like, what is that? Tell me more. Uh, Well, it's basically in Florida, in Hillsborough County at least, there are resource teachers Um, But typically they only service kids third, fourth, and fifth grade because they are remediating them to do better on state testing. Okay. Um, But I'm such an advocate for kids and early intervention. Like there's so much science and research to say that if you intervene, the earlier you intervene, the less likely you are to have kids reading below level or college, you know, high school dropouts and whatever. Yeah. And like I said, I talked too much and I ran my mouth and my principal was like, okay, I've got some extra money in the budget. Put your money where your mouth is. So he hired me and I was actually the first kindergarten, first and second grade reading resource teacher in all of Hillsborough County. That uh, is nice. In 2011, 2012. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah, I really loved it. I went into classrooms. I helped a lot of teachers. There was kind of some drama with some teachers who thought I just was holding them accountable. And unfortunately, um, sometimes people think that that's you being a tattletale or whatever. But, I mean, I had a job to do. And yeah. um, so, but it was after that year that I ended up going to Texas for the summer. And I just stayed. And I stayed for eight years. And then I just moved back to Tampa. You just went for a summer and then you stayed for eight years? Yeah. So the condo I was renting in here at Tampa um, actually was going into foreclosure. My older sister at the time was going through kind of an ugly divorce okay. and went from like 50, 50 custody of her kids to a hundred percent. Gotcha. And so she called family and was like, Hey, can anybody come out? Like we could really use some family inconsistency. And I was like, well, my condo went into foreclosure. Let me see if I can just get out of my lease. I'll put my stuff in storage. I'll come hang out with you for the summer. I mean, two months. Yeah. And then figured I'll find a place when I come back by the time school starts. No yeah. problem. I figured what a great blessing to be able to have the summer off, to be able to help my family. Yes. Servant, caregiver, and yes. in me. And um, so I went out for the summer, and I had always loved Austin. I had gone out for a summer right after my sister's kids were born. She has twins. They'll be 15 in March. I know. It's, it's Whoa. stupid. I can't even. They're so big. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Um. So I loved Austin, mm-hmm. came back. Um, so when I went for the summer, I was like, yeah, I could totally stay. My sister and I have a, um, a rocky relationship, so I wasn't sure about that. But I took a chance. I think I needed – I was at a point in my life where, you know, the people who I went to kindergarten with were in my graduating class. Like we – I was ready for a change, and a, a change bigger than just the East Coast of Florida, like college was. Yeah. Because college was really – because I went to a small school was really like four more years of high school. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a like party goer, you know, anything crazy like that. So I think I was really in a season of life where I needed a change or an adventure or something. Yes. And that allowed me to go somewhere completely new with a 
tiny security safety net of because my sister. Because I you had family, there. yeah. So, barring anything gone crazy, you know what I mean. I would yeah. have family to call on, and so yeah. it was like a safety net to go try something new. Which I like that, and I think that's. I feel the same way in regards to wanting to move. I'm like, I need to move somewhere because I've been in Florida since I was eight. Oh, he's out. I know. He's like. He's loud. so loud. Oh yeah, she's snoring over here I'm too. Sorry, dear. Um, um, but yeah, I. I want to move so badly, but then I was like, Trina, where are we going to move? Let's go. I know, but I spent eight years in Austin and I yeah. loved it and um, it was amazing. I just think it's so but crazy that you went for a summer. Years, I went, yeah, but that's how everybody is. It's like, oh yeah, have you, you know, are you an Austinite? That's what they call people who've, you know, grown up in um, Austin and it's like, oh no, I came out here for a trip and we bought a house or like we yeah. came out here for a vacation and moved three months later. Like it's just a great city. Um, and Texas is a fabulous state. I mean, yeah. there's so much to offer. I think Austin is very comparable to Tampa um, mm -hmm. with like outdoor activities. It's different because it's lakes and hill country and yeah. hiking as opposed to like beach and whatever. But I feel like I would like that more. It was amazing. A great food, great music, great atmosphere. Like I need to go. I haven't all the been. Things. Um, yeah, I'm here to go back. I'm trying to plan a trip. I haven't been back since I moved. How long have you you've been, been back? I've been a year and a half. I moved a year, back okay. June of twenty twenty. Well, July of twenty twenty. Okay. I came home for my dad's birthday, Fourth of July weekend. And you never left. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but I got a job offer from an old principal, and I I had really been it's been really heavy on my heart for the last like year and a half, two years before I moved, probably twenty eighteen ish that I started. I was home for every holiday. I mean, every chance I got, I was driving back. I mean, I made the nineteen hour drive so often it oh was so easy because your pups um partially the pups but also partially just because i don't mind the drive and i'm in control and then i had my car when i was here i totally but understand that that's so how like, i am christmas break you know or long weekend i would fly out here every now and again but um but mostly drive i yeah. just found myself coming home every chance i got and it really was like okay um but also as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, my relationship with my sister is tricky and that is probably when things didn't started getting even worse. And so it was like, I didn't really have the family that I had been in Austin for to be yeah. around. Um, and so I had really been praying heavy about like, am I supposed to go back to Florida? Am I supposed to come home? And, um, I figured I said a prayer before I made this trip for my dad's birthday in July of 2020. And I was like, I just need to know. I need to know if I'm supposed What's to come right? back to Florida. Like, is this right for me? Like, just give me a piece. I mean, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I don't hide that. So I was openly seeking an answer yeah. guidance on what do I do. And within 24 hours, I knew I was supposed to come back to Florida. Mm -hmm. But then the question was, am I trying to come back now? It was summer. Like, I'm a teacher. You, you only have a short window of time to try and get a job somewhere else and not. Yeah. Um, or do I wait a year and plan? Yeah. And um, within two days, I had gone out to dinner. I reached out to an old principal and just said, I'm thinking about coming back within the next year. Um, can you help me navigate what things look like in the district? Um, and he was like, yeah, can we have a call tomorrow? I was like, yeah. And he offered me a job. That it? So and there's your sign. Uh, yeah. And I was like, well, things don't usually happen faster than you think they're going to. Yeah. <laughs> Normally people are in a waiting. Yeah. Waiting forever for yes. answers. But I was like, Oh, okay. So clearly it was um, But in the middle of the time. pandemic, it was kind of crazy. And the yeah. job he offered me, this is a whole freaking like narrow tunnel, whatever. Oh, no, that's The fine. job he offered me ended up, I was on my way back. And he, the principal, um, Jay, he was like, 
Sarah, tell me, he's like, have you quit your job in Texas yet? And I said, no, why? And he's like, just don't do it until I tell you. Apparently, he had a teacher email him that he was resigning. This teacher said they were resigning. So that gave Jay the opening for me. Yeah. However, the teacher never fully went through with resigning through the district. So the job wasn't available. Gotcha. But this principal is a godsend. He's so amazing. I didn't work for him for eight years. And he was like, I, I want you back if you're here. Mm-hmm. Let me call just some principals. He called another principal, got me an interview. I got a job. So I was like, okay. So I was home in Austin for a week and a half. The other principal offered me a job within four days by myself. I packed up my whole townhouse. My brother flew out. We drove the U-Haul and my car back. Um, While we were driving back, that principal called and said, the district is on a hiring freeze. They didn't process your paperwork. <gasps> I had already quit my job. I had broken my lease. I was already here in Tampa. I went, that was July. I went until August 26th before I was actually hired officially. And then I worked for nine weeks. And then the superintendent in Hillsborough County cut over a 1,000 positions. <gasps> and because I was hired when I was... I was cut October 30th of 2020 and um, then was without a job. And then I thought, oh, crap, maybe I'm not supposed, supposed to, to teach. Uh, and I had that kind of heavy on my heart, too. You had uh, mentioned that yeah, at the dinner years. that you were yeah. wavering in regards um, to what you wanted to do. Yeah, because my heart has always been in service of others. And I really like my ideal job would be just a way to breathe life into people, like help Mm -hmm. people be their best self. And I do that with kids. Yeah. Like I definitely help them see their potential Mm -hmm. Um, in my skincare business. I did that with, um, you know, women to make them feel good in their skin, Mm -hmm. but also as an entrepreneur, um, helping people make money and all of that. That was really cool. So I think ultimately I, I, whatever I end up doing, if it's not teaching forever, I want to breathe life into people. Yes. That's the best way to put it. But, um, yeah, I thought, okay, here's my sign. Maybe I was supposed to come home, but I'm not supposed to keep teaching. Maybe, yeah. Um, and then, so I was without a job for two weeks trying to figure out I never not had a job. Yeah. This was the first time since I was 12. I was 35, 35 yeah. years old. So, what is that, 20? That's a lot of years. Yes. That I had always had a job. And, and I, for the first time in my life, I never, ha- I didn't have a job. I didn't know what to do. I mean, I had my business, my skincare business, but that wasn't very much. Yeah. And so I went two weeks, and then a family friend reached out, and she said she had this preschool position at her campus. Would I be willing to fill it? And I was like, okay. You know, she's a great woman. I love working for her. She's fabulous. Um, So that's where I've been the last year and a half. Okay. So I'm teaching preschool. I teach um, a blended special needs general education class. four five-year-old class so half my kids have special needs okay and then the other half of them are what we consider neurotypical they're your gen ed kids okay um and then i get them ready for neurotypical that is that's the politically correct term i've never heard that but okay mm-hmm. okay so did you so you taught when you were in texas uh, most of the time yes the first year i was out there i was substitute teaching and then i waited tables okay. um oh i think i remember yeah, telling Steiner you Ranch steakhouse I don't know, mm. becoming their head server trainer. Cause not surprised. I but their training curriculum. Oh, my like, gosh. I, I am not this. surprised by this at all. That yeah. Yes. So I waited tables, and then I and I taught. But, yeah, I taught mostly while I was out there. So fourth grade, K 
kindergarten, first grade, and I thought I was going to move into like a coaching position um, my last couple of years there, mm-hmm. and then things didn't work out, and that the timeline of things not working out there is kind of what led me to be like, maybe it's time. Supposed to be in Austin. It's not like I met the man of my dreams. I lived eight years there. Nothing monumental happened in my life, mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay. Um, you know, maybe it's time for me to come home. And honestly, it's been a godsend that I came home when I did because when I moved back, um, my mom's parents um, were both still alive and in Lakeland. So mm-hmm. I got to see so much of them. And my mom was their main caregiver. So I got to help her yeah. take care of them. My brother is here. Um, so it's just really, really good timing. And my friends. I mean, I have quality people here in my life. And yeah. it's nice that despite being gone for eight years, like we said earlier, friendships just you just where you left slide off. right back in, which is nice. That is nice. Um, random question: What's your favorite grade to teach? Uh, littles. Uh, I would have up until this job, I would have said kindergarten a hundred percent. But I love pre-K. It's you a, do. it's a very different world, especially because I've got special needs kids in my mm-hmm. class. But I kind of love being their first school experience. Yeah, it's kind of like I get to be a mom to all these kids, and I'm not a mom, so yeah, it feels it fills that piece of my heart that I get to love on these littles. So I, when people ask me what I do, my tip, typical response is teacher of littles. I love that. That's so cute though. And that's how I refer to them. Like I was telling Trina the other day, Oh, I got a new little, it's funny. Cause people are like, Oh, how are your littles? You oh, know? I know. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to text him like, how are the littles how today? Are the today? How yeah, are they? The littles are good. The bigs, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, the bigs are not good. I don't want them. I want the littles. We have our day. Education right now is a very, it's, it's similar to healthcare in that this the pandemic has caused a lot of chaos. Like uh, Friday, we had seven teachers out and three aides out and zero subs. So you think seven times twenty five? How many kids without a teacher? Wow! And so you've got people scrambling to figure out coverage, and you know parents just drop their kids off and go to school and go do your thing. But yeah. It's it's a tough world to be living in right now. Definitely. So you guys are in person. Did you have to teach? Virtually. Yes. Um, right before I left Austin, yes, when the world shut down, uh, February, Friday, February, March 13th, um, was we went on for spring break, and mm-hmm. then we didn't come back the rest of that year. So the last semester, the last quarter in Austin, I taught virtually. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually still tutor virtually. Do Texas. you? I have a kiddo that I meet with um, virtually because we went virtual and it worked out. Yeah. And so I've kept him for the last couple of years. I keep working with him. I like that. That's good. When I moved here, I did not teach virtually. I've been in person since I've been teaching in Hillsborough County. Um, I did have to go under quarantine for a couple of weeks and try and do some virtual. But when you're dealing with pre-K kids, there's only so much you can do virtually. So. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I was like, I feel like with pre-K, like. It- we did circle time and story time. And, like, you okay. know, I sent things out for parents, but they could come in for a 30-minute circle time where we would do calendar and sing our songs and yeah. numbers and days of the week and months of the year. Um, and then another chunk of the di- part of the day, I would do, like, a 30-minute story time. But that was kind of it because their attention span is so short. And then to have them on a screen. Oh, yeah. It's just. It's and not, to have that availability of a screen. Yeah. And not everybody does. So you get what you get. And yeah. And you just like, tell the kids, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Yeah. We say that every day. I love that so much. I need <laughs> well, to I say that. I rhyme for everything. I like. feel like I'm going to need, like, a breakdown of all your rhymes so I can be like, Dylan, I'm using these on you now. The first thing we do is always the same. Get your paper and write your name. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. You are made to be a teacher and I love that. Like just how bubbly you are and positive. Like it's so nice. And like I would love if one day I have children, I'd be like, I want my I want my kids' kid teachers to be like that. Thank you. Well, I'm trying to shift my mindset out of the teacher role and more of like into an educator role as I'm trying to navigate what I want next in my life. Yeah. Um I'm trying to look at myself as more of like a like a like a coach or an educator in yes. like a a life realm. I was gonna say I feel like a life coach situation for you would be amazing. Like you being one to people. I only up only recently has that become something where I have um really that's really resonated with mm-hmm. me but if I think about what do I want but then I think am I really qualified to be somebody's life coach yes I'm not quite sure I know what's going on in my old life <laughs> yes no you are because I mean let's be real like therapists I mean they have their own therapist most of them do yeah. everyone has stuff oh, to I'm work an through advocate for therapy and yeah so it's like that. that's the thing is like you may not know everything going on in your own life but at the same time like you can help others go on the right path for them and to build that because you know no nobody has it all together uh, no and sometimes I think people just need somebody to ask them the tough question in a safe space that'll give them the avenue to say oh you're right I can't answer that question if I think about it yeah and it may not even be you don't have to answer it but maybe you should think on it yeah then when you're ready when you answer it maybe that'll help you navigate what's next yes or And especially asking the questions that people don't know they need to ask. Because I feel like that, I fall into that category sometime of, like, not checking in on myself, like, emotionally and stuff like that enough. But then, like, the fr- our friends will be like, how you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm not good. I'm falling apart. <laughs> well, ca- we live in a world where we're catered to worry about others. And yes. I'm, I'm equally as guilty because I'd much rather worry about other people than myself. Oh, yes. But if I've learned anything in the last four or five years um, – that it is important that we slow down enough to take care of ourselves because you, it's cliche, you cannot pour from an empty cup. You cannot be who other people need you to be if you're not in your best space. Yes. That's why relationships don't work because you end up with somebody who's pouring from an empty cup, somebody else who's pouring from an empty cup, and you've got two empty cups trying to serve each other and nobody's getting anywhere. And you just get from one toxic situation into the next. Yeah. And it's just... (laughs) Oh my gosh! For if you guys didn't hear that, Katrina just shouted, "Preach it, sister!" Sunshine Sarah TED Talk for you today. There but. you go. I love it. Um, my favorite part is like I haven't even got into the other questions that I need to ask you. We're already an hour in. I, I love this. You, I no, I love it so much, though. I'm sorry. No, no, no. This is this is what I wanted, and I love it. Um, one, because I get to learn so much about you that I feel like I didn't know, um, and also you're making me feel better. You're Am lifting. Breathing life into you? You're breathing life into me. I'm like hit or miss sometimes, though. But when you start talking, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I feel better now. Already. Um, I'm, try- I'm trying to give you some of my sunshine, Sarah, so, today. So you grew up with parents that own the same house still. They've been married forever. 40, this year will be 42 years in July. No, June June 7th, they'll be married 42 years. So growing up in such, you know, obviously a loving household, I'm sure everyone has their issues and stuff. Do you think that impacted your views on relationships? 
Oh. For the good or bad? Uh, yeah, because I can vividly remember a time where we sat our parents down in a family meeting and asked why were they were married. Why are they still married? <laughs> really? Yeah. I would have thought they would have gotten divorced a long time ago. But they honestly, they've come around and they've both, they've done marriage counseling and work and, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because my, so my older sister actually has a different dad than me. Oh, okay. Um, so my dad, when he married my mom, adopted my sister. She okay. Was three, I think, when that happened. Yeah. Um, and so with adopting a child of somebody else's, like that comes parenting chaos. And my dad was raised in a very militant, my dad went to military high school and a military okay. college. Um, and so he's the oldest of three kids. Um, he's a junior, like he shares the name as his dad. So, oh, I um, love that. he was very militant in the military, like very rigid and structured. And this is the way it's going to be. And these are the rules. Yes. And very black and white. And my mom grew up in a very different scenario. My dad's parents always, they were providers. Um, so he grew up with the mind space that as a man, he would grow up and he would be a provider for his family. Mm-hmm. My mom grew up um, very, very um, poor. The house, they lived in the garage of the house that they ended up growing up in my grandfather built it with his own hands and they lived in this it was literally like maybe 300 square feet that they lived in with Graham and gramps and it wasn't until they had their fourth daughter that he built the main house that they lived in so they lived on this little property for 66 years my grandparents they just sold it up a couple of years ago oh my god but he my grandmother didn't work she was you know the chief operating officer of the household she had yeah. five girls and my grandfather was um very they were very poor like pitching mm-hmm. pennies he gave her like 20 dollars a week when my grandmother passed at her funeral one of the sweetest coolest if you things, make me cry they she had her they, they had her ledger a lot of memor- memorabilia but they found her ledger when she would budget friend when i tell you they were poor and she lived off oh. of a budget of maybe 20 dollars a mm-hmm. month for food and groceries for five girls. And granted, that was a very different time. Yeah. But everything was logged in this ledger. Five cents. Found it in the plus column. A penny. Found it. Like, she literally logged money she found on the side of the street. That was how important every single penny was for them. Holy moly. Oh, so my god! grew up in a scenario where it was sales and budget and frugal and my dad lived in a world where it was you didn't want for things because his parents didn't they didn't see whatever their parents did other than working to provide they didn't want for anything yeah not that they had a luxurious luxurious lifestyle yeah but they didn't want for anything they didn't have to worry military school i mean yeah my grandfather did good for him you know yeah Um, so growing up in a household where you have two very opposite ends of the spectrum, Mm. um, that definitely played a role in their marriage and their dynamic because my mom is one way, my dad's another, and, um, the element of compromise wasn't always there, I don't think. Um, and that definitely plays a role in me and what I value, I think, in relationships, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, that coupled with my own life experience, like I'm such a proponent for communication. I mean, obviously I'm unapologetically an over communicator mm-hmm. and I own it. Yeah. You gave me these gifts. I have all of the words. Don't care. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You'll find someone that wants that. Yeah. I was just telling Trey this morning, like, I think ultimately I've realized that it's taken me 30 something years that 
the right person to come along is going to appreciate and love me for all of my yes. words. And it's not going to find it annoying or whatever. No. They're going to value the fact that my words come from a very thoughtful, loving, yes. caring place. Yes. Even if they're annoying and neurotic. But I'm the first one to tell you I've got issues. Everybody does. Everybody does. Um, but, but yeah. So, like, back to your question about, like, did their relationship, did their marriage shape for power or change your view change or whatever for my belief on relationships yeah. and I think absolutely it impacted yeah I'm um, impacted my knowledge and what I want and you know gender roles and what I think a husband and a wife should be and working together and mm-hmm. um I think I I I want you know more of like a teammate or a partner and somebody who's yeah. really kind of willing to work and have the tough conversations because yeah. I think I didn't I'm one of those people who I didn't necessarily see that mm-hmm. and I would like to paint a better picture if I'm blessed to have kids yeah you know what I mean? oh 100 percent. but but yeah so that most definitely I mean they have like I said 42 years this year they'll celebrate they've been through the gamut but they raised four kids um we're all very dynamic personalities and very very mm-hmm. different um and I think they did a, a good job with what they had yeah you know I mean and they live a very comfortable life now but um you know we all grew up with very different work ethics because of the times that we grew up in but yeah I'm grateful for the experiences Definitely. Sure. So, so you guys sat your parents down and asked them why they were still married. What was their response to this? Because I, I need to know. It's just one of those vivid memories. We used to have family meetings like, I don't know, once a month or once a I love that you guys had family just meetings. Just to talk about whatever was going on or if we needed to set some rules. I mean, with four kids in a house. like You need to. You, and, and I do um, appreciate the fact that more often than not, like we were a part of some decisions. Yeah. You know, chores or allowance or whatever. Um, but I vividly remember one conversation. Um, I don't remember what they said, but I remember yeah. thinking, like, as, why why are you guys still married? Like, there was it was a season of fighting and arguing yeah. and whatever between them or my dad and my sister. And, um, yeah, I don't know if it was words that came out of my mouth. But, but I, you I remember it remember being asked. asked. Um, but for them, and in, as I've gotten older, I mean, I've heard from both of them. They were both actually married before they married each other. Right, because my mom had my sister, and my dad was actually married for a short period of time, and they both walked into this marriage saying they weren't doing the divorce thing. They were they were committed no matter what it took. They were in it for the long haul. Yeah. Um. And so I respect that because yeah, we live in a world where people give up when it's hard. Yeah. They're not willing to work. They're not willing to go through a hard season because they're like, oh, the grass is greener. Yeah. Or they're not willing to like put in the work of like maybe we do need to go to therapy together so we can communicate better because a lot of at least in our generation, I feel like a lot of men are like, that's weak. We can't do that. Well, and I think it's changing. I think it's changing. I think people are opening up to it. But I like to think so. But I, I do agree. There are a lot of men who have been who have their learned behaviors are to hide their emotions, to mm-hmm. to be strong. And what is a man supposed to be? And, yeah. You know, I can't do this. And and mental health for a lot of people is is not it's super taboo it's almost like talking about religion and politics talk about your mental health but the reality is is if you're going to the doctor for a physical illness you should be able to go to the doctor for a mental illness and that it should not be a stigma it should not be something people are scared of because your mental and your mental health plays a huge piece of your physical health 100 percent. your brain and your mind like people who sit in the negative and sit in that negative Debbie Downer toxic energy Mm -hmm. typically they die earlier they have more health issues like Mm -hmm. their body 
Yeah, they're I don't sick know more. That all the science, but there is science. There yeah, is research. To no, there is the fact that there is yeah negativity. A negative mindset is it's the same thing. It kills you from the inside. Positive people live longer. People yeah. who search for gratitude, they live longer. They are have less health issues. And mm-hmm. in this day and age, living through a freaking global pandemic, people, we just need to get healthy. Get your mind right. Move your body. Drink some water. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like that is I'm like, priority all right, be. I heard you. Let me get some more water. That's <laughs> well, okay. My, yeah, my, my big cheers. cheers. <laughs> so funny. Um, so what do you think or feel or like what are your thoughts on what makes a relationship last? I mean, you kind of touched base on it in regards. To, I think yeah. Huge. Yeah. Um, and I think willing to willing to meet in the middle and to understand that um, you've got to be you can't hold tight to the things that you think are the way it needs to be. The reality yeah. is, is I love the visual of an open hand um, for all things, mind, heart, body, and soul. Um, because when we grasp on tightly and hold so tightly to the things that we think are what we need and we want and we value, um, we are never going to know or experience anything else. Yeah. Yet if we live life with an open gracious hand of willing to say okay this is what I have I'm happy to have it if it falls out my hope is that something bigger and better is going to land in my hand you know yeah and I think if we walking into relationships can realize that people who come into our lives whether it's a friendship or a significant other or family like I truly believe that people come in and out of our life and and grow us but if we're so stuck in our ways if we're clinging on so tight to what we think is right we're never gonna walk into being our best selves we can't yeah. do that without community and people yeah um and so i mean i i think communication um the ability to compromise um personally i think like in a romantic relationship for me like my faith is such a huge part yes um i mean my friends are some of faith and some of not um and they very much just respect that that is what grounds me. Um, yeah. And I think being, again, just open and accepting to people's way of life and yeah. realizing that it's not right, it's not wrong, it's just different. And yeah. we really shouldn't be judging people or expecting things of people. We need I to, agree. We need to communicate. Communication. Yeah. Communication. Final answer. Final answer. <laughs> is that your final answer? Please lock it in. Um, so... Let's dive a little bit deeper into, like, relationships. Okay. Do you want to talk about your current relationship status? I'm single. Okay. And dating. Single and mingling? Single and ready to mingle. Yes. So. Um, Yes, I'm single. Okay. But you are dating. Are you using apps to do that? Yes. Okay. I was going to ask because I was like, I don't. I met Dylan before any of the apps came out. I went on a date last night, actually, from a guy from one of the apps. Mm -hmm. um, And we ended up talking quite a bit about, like, his interesting experiences. And I feel blessed that I have not had any of the crazy. I only had one, like, semi-catfish experience. I refer to the guy as Danny DeVito. (laughs) Nuh-uh. What yes. it what happened? He this was in Austin and um we matched in his pictures. So I'm five eight. I yeah. love I love a taller man, you know, give yeah. me like six two, six four. Like yeah. I'm all you know, my friend uh Kristen Jones, she must be this tall to ride this ride. Yes. I love that. 
Oh, that's like, so yes, good. I'm here for it. I try not to be too judgmental about height, but um, anyway, this guy I think painted himself as like six one, six two. Um, he was buff. He worked out. Like his pictures, he was tan. All of this, and I was like, okay, I'm here for this. Yeah. So we chatted. We probably chatted for a couple of weeks before we actually got to physically connect. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting outside the front of the restaurant waiting for him to come, and we it we didn't send pictures back and forth, which was weird. Um, because I think we had, no, we didn't, we were only communicating in the app. So we, we didn't exchange numbers. Okay. Um, and so that's why we didn't exchange like recent pictures. Um, okay. lesson learned. Um, I was going to ask, I was like, do you now like looking now, back? I tried to switch off the app earlier, but I also try to engage in physical contact, like to meet somebody without hashtag pen pal forever, because that's yeah. not conducive to a relationship i want to be face to face and yeah i want to read your body language yeah hear your intonation i want to speak on the phone that's another thing people don't do anymore oh i know i miss it i'm not gonna lie i miss it i love sometimes i feel like i need to have a voice check like how do you sound on the phone like uh yeah (laughs) yes you need to one of the apps i use um just came with a voice option so you can answer one of their prompts with a voice recording which i like because sometimes you hear somebody's voice and you're like whoa that doesn't match. <laughs> yeah, you're like, who? Who are you? No, thank you. Next. You're like, no, you're so deep, but look how little you are. What's happening with your voice? <laughs> I've had that happen where, um, like, at work and stuff, and then they talk to me, and I'm like, who are you? I was like, I did not put this together. Yeah. At all. Um, yeah, so this guy. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting in the front of the restaurant. Back to the Danny DeVito story. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, this guy's like tall, buff, bald, tan, you know, like a yeah. Tampa, you know, um, oh. caddies. Oh, beach I know. Guy from college. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, here for this. Yes, please. So, I'm sitting there and he's like, okay, walking up. And um, I look up and this guy walks up and he's like, hi. And I said, hi. And he leans down to like kiss me. And I was like, hi like I then I was like oh and then I like put two and two together and realized that it was this dude what it's not in heels he was maybe 510 like barely a smidge taller than me and he legit looked like an old version of Danny DeVito oh my goodness and I had to sit there and sit through dinner oh you stayed I ain't too kind Ooh, no I'm like I didn't know how to get out you're like I have diarrhea. I have to go. <laughs> that is how you get out of that situation, I can't Sarah. Do it. I can't, oh, I would. I can't. I'd be like, ooh, gotta I go. I'm about to shit my pants. Thank you. Have no, a great time. I, Don't I, talk I to me anymore. I sat there for whatever. Oh, you're you know, so kind. And then left, and thankfully that was the last time I talked to him. But it was like, it became a thing. It was comical, like telling my parents, like, oh my gosh, how was it? You know, because I've been talking about it. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. talking to this guy. I'm so excited. We're finally going to meet up. Oh, and, I can yeah. just see you sending like an emoji of just the eyes of like, oh, God. Oh. I can't wait to tell you guys all about it. Yeah. And mind you, again, this was, you know, a few years ago. So, yeah. Um, I'm, I am more secure in myself and who I am and what I want and what I have to offer. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have sat there for as long. Yeah. Um, if this were to have happened now, but. You'd be like. We'll get appetizers and then we can go. Yeah, peace out. I just want a snack. I got another date later. (laughs) 
Well, everyone, I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and we'll tune in next week. You can find the Part-Time Wife Podcast with Nicole wherever you get your favorite podcast every Tuesday. And you can also follow us on Instagram and TikTok, the part underscore time wife to get updates about when new episodes are airing and any bonus material that you can find on Patreon whenever it's going to be released. Um, Patreon was created for our supporters to support the show and also get some exclusive bonus material, um, including the video portion of this podcast, as well as extra little bonuses um, throughout the month. You can find that at Patreon or on Patreon um, for The Part-Time Wife. Uh, You can also support our show by subscribing and rating our podcast on Apple Podcasts so that we can move up on in the charts. And you can also share with your friends and let us know that you loved our podcast. Um, Thank you for listening. And remember, my dear listener, you deserve all of the happiness. Bye.